Hey, this is Nathan. And this is Thomas. Thank you so much for joining us today on Not the Pastor. We get to interview Brother David Perkle today. He's over outreach and discipleship at Southwest Baptist Church in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. He also teaches several classes at Heartland Baptist Bible College. He wrote a book entitled Starting Your Journey with Christ, Discipleship from 1 Thessalonians. This book was designed as a 10-week discipleship course and goes through the book of 1 Thessalonians in an expository manner. We're going to talk to Brother Perkle about discipleship, and honestly, I think you're going to be encouraged to love people like Jesus loves people. This conversation is going to be helpful, so here we go. Well, Brother Perkle, thank you so much for being with us today on Not the Pastor, and we are excited to talk about discipleship. And I mean, this is something that it should be a major part of a, a church ministry of our interaction with with believers in the in the ministry. So l- let's talk about discipleship. First of all, I mean, what is it? <laughs> what is discipleship, Brother Perkle, yes, according, yeah. according to your definition? Well, first of all, let me say thank you for having me on. I appreciate the privilege to be able just to share really what God's doing here in our hearts and what really, as you said, should be the biblical thrust of, of every New Testament Baptist church. And, and obviously, I think the goal of discipleship, many times folks uh, view it as, oh, you know, let's try to bring people to spiritual adulthood. Right. But really, it's more, let's bring them to spiritual parenthood. Um, okay. Because it's not just that I want somebody to to grow in the Lord, but I want them to grow in the Lord so that they can help others grow in the Lord. And That's which true. is really what uh, Jesus Christ established, you know, with right. his disciples. Right. I think if we go back biblically, you know, Christ invested in the disciples and his desire was see them saved, see them baptized. And then he said to teach them all things whatsoever I've commanded you. So take everything that I've given you and you give that to somebody else. Which is, uh, you know, the, what a daunting task, you know, when we stop and think about it. And probably the very reason that so many folks don't engage in really biblical discipleship because of, of what it really does require. And so, you know, I, I try to help folks understand that discipleship is not just let's teach them some things. Let's give them some biblical knowledge because, I mean, all of us should be doing that on our own. And Christ is doing that in us but I want to help somebody reproduce themselves in Christ. So to me, that's biblical discipleship. So bringing people from babes in Christ to a place where they can teach others. It reminds me of the verse that Paul just talking to Timothy, say, Timothy, take what I've taught you and teach to other men who can teach other men also. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, four steps. It starts with Paul, goes to Timothy. Timothy teaches someone who can teach someone. And obviously that's uh, supposed to keep going. Which is how we sustain ourselves physically. You know, I mean, obviously, (laughs) um, you know, my parents had me and and I was, I reproduced my son. And now my son is married and fixing to have his first son. And and, um, he's obviously serving the Lord in ministry, but, but physically, you know, we reproduced him and he's going to reproduce and 
the purple name is going to continue. Praise, yeah. praise the Lord. You yeah. Know? Well, so, congratulations about um, that. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. That that's an important distinction. Not spiritual adulthood, but spiritual parenthood. So maybe we can go just for a minute, a little bit deeper into that. I mean, what skill or um, or ingredient is there that needs to be there for that parenting parenthood aspect mm-hmm. to to happen versus just okay, they're they're an adult, they can feed themselves. But I mean, what what else is there in order for them to be able to then do that for others as well? I think Thomas hit on that. You know, when he talked about Paul speaking to Timothy in the fact that, you know, what I've, how I've invested in you, the skills that I've given you, the way in which I've taught, and, and obviously Paul led by example, and even the Thessalonians, you know, Paul said that you became followers of us, and obviously Paul was a follower of Christ, and so there was obviously a development that took place in their life, and yeah. a skill, but then experience came with that, you know, I've often said that I wish God would allow us to become parents at age 40 rather than age 20, <laughs> uh, because I think we would have have a little bit more experience behind our ears. But but I think really the dependence upon the Lord is the key that, you know, yes, God's going to give us children at 20 or 22 or 25 or whatever the case may be. But he's going to give us wisdom to do so even when we don't know how. And I think a lot of that takes place even in even in discipleship that sure. a person may have never discipled somebody, but as the Lord has parented them, mm. God obviously has work in my life to parent me, then I can be a spiritual parent to someone else. So however God deals with me is how I should deal with this new baby Christ, baby Christian, you know, and how I should love them and how I should care for them and how I should provide for them and how I should be patient with them and long suffering with them, <laughs> you know, and it's going to require yeah. some persistence, you know, yes. so all those things are going to come with it. So really it's just me being dependent upon the Lord and helping this person become dependent upon the Lord. So, so really it's, I'm growing in the Lord and helping somebody else grow in the Lord at the same mm. time. Good. I Good. think, I think one man said it this way. It's, it's people, being helped of God and them helping others in the Lord as well. So that changes the focus of discipleship, maybe from this is a six weeks course that we do before you get baptized mm-hmm. to this is right. something, this, this is a journey that we're all on and we're probably not getting to like, we're not going to be discipled by the time we're the dead and buried and looking Jesus yeah. in the face. This is a journey. It's not a right. course or it's not a uh, program. And that, that changes the mm-hmm. mindset, which, which is why then you can have church people who have been faithfully serving Jesus for 30 and 40 years who still are in need of discipleship, right? Right. <laughs> they're, they're yes. Still, they're, they're still coming and saying, Hey, I need this. Would you help me work through this issue in my life? Would you help me mm-hmm. work through this problem? And that's that's not to be unexpected because I, yeah. I need that. I've been a Christian since I was very young and sure. have grown a bunch and went to Bible college and all kinds of fun stuff. And I'm still constantly needing the, the help and input of other believers in my life. And it makes good sense then that that's going to continue on well, probably forever. So, yes. Yeah. 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 And, that, and thus, you know, the title of the book, you know, starting starting your journey. Ah. Uh, with Christ, you know, so you encapsulated, you know, really what the thought there is. And, 
you know, and even tying back into my relationship with my son. Yeah. Um, I, I, I just told Pastor Gaddis the other day, I said, you know, you think when once your son leaves the home that all of your training is done and all of the work is done, but really <laughs> it grows in a different way because there's right. there's more formative years to come. Sure. Even as oh, he's yeah. his own father and he's he's the the man of the home, I'm still investing and I'm still teaching. Yes. I'm still helping him to grow. And so the things that I'm learning, I'm still passing on to him because if I, if I keep learning, then he obviously he needs to keep learning. Well, Brother Perkle, I, I asked this question. It, it, I, I know the answer to it. it who, who is discipleship for? I, I, I think probably the answer is it's for every Christian. <laughs> Everybody ought to be doing this. But yes. am I wrong? Am I wrong there? Before before I continue, am I off, or is that accurate? No, I, absolutely. Um, I think that uh, Christ's uh, desire was take twelve men, invest in them, and then he, and he said to do what? He he said that they're to go to every nation, every people, Everywhere. and yes. so right. And so it wasn't just for a select group of people that God handpicks and says, "Okay, I want you to grow to maturity and produce." children know I'm given everybody the opportunity to do so. So then probably more specifically that aspect of spiritual parenthood, at what point do they get to start doing that? <laughs> does, it, does that make sense? So like what <laughs> could, I, I asked that question because I've, I've learned yeah. this lesson the hard way in my own life or in, in ministry in that I, my pastor uh, Daniel Davidson, he's, he's great at this. There'll be a new believer. They come in, they get discipleship. They maybe go through a course because there needs to be some sort of structure. And yes, then yeah. like immediately we'll turn around and have them start taking somebody through a course oftentimes. And I'm thinking, wait, wait they're, they're not ready for that. They, they haven't <laughs> been saved long enough to take, but they've already learned the truth anyway. So, the, so I, I've, my, perspective has been changed a little bit with that because I've seen it go wonderful mm -hmm. when, and it's mm -hmm. good for that for that new believer themselves to turn around and be investing in somebody else so sure I guess sure. I want to talk about that for a second when at what point is somebody ready to turn around and begin investing in somebody else yeah that's a good question um, I think we can draw again the parallel from a young man, you know, as a 40 year old man, you may look at a 20 year old man and say, he's not ready to have children. He's not ready. No. <laughs> you know, yeah, exactly. what, what, what's the deal here? But once that desire is there, once that growth begins to take place, then if there's a conduit of truth that's taking place, then if I have truth and I'm willing to give truth, then there's somebody else that is at a different level that they can receive truth. Yeah. And so I, I don't know that you would, you know, pick uh, a level of maturity to say, well, they're ready to disciple somebody. If they have a hunger and an appetite and a desire, I mean, look at the disciples, yes. look at how yeah. bumbling <laughs> and foolish and, right. and um, really just a bunch of renegades that they really were. And the Lord said, <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm going to take some time and invest in you. Now you go out and do the same thing, you know, and I'm looking, I'm yeah. thinking, wait a minute, wait, wait, are you sure what you're doing here? You know, with these disciples, yes. they're not ready, but right. they grew in the process. And boy, don't you, don't you see that happen? You know, when a, yes. when a new Christian begins to start investing in another person, I think they take their own growth more seriously because they realize hey, if I'm not growing and if I'm not learning, how can I help somebody else? And so 
Yes. So I really think that that's key is just conduit of truth, a desire, and then let, letting the Lord work through them in that process. So that, that is so good. Brother Perkwell, you mentioned there the difference between discipleship is helping us get to the spot where, where we can help teach and train and grow others. That cycle is supposed to work that way. But then Nathan mentioned that often there it's helpful to have some kind of course, some kind of program in place. And I'm just wondering if you could speak for just a second about the balance between maybe a structured, programmed discipleship yes. course and the benefits of that. And then also compare or contrast that maybe to the more organic this is the work and life of how we, we want life on life, people working together to just like yeah, go through the Christian life together. Can, can you help us with maybe the difference there between those things and what maybe, uh, I mean, is it, is it a both and, is it an either or? What kind of, what, what are we looking for in those kind of situations? Well, I think again, if we look to Christ's example with the disciples, I think there was a foundation or a pattern mm -hmm. you know he started obviously in in the sermon on the mount and right. gave the disciples you know as brother sam davison preached many years ago you know in discipleship class with uh, the lord jesus and a very powerful passage of scripture that that christ did and what he did i think was whet the appetite of the disciples mm -hmm. um, in their growth and development so i okay. think if we give a person some parameters and a foundation then that'll produce the growth to be able to go on and do more things. Yeah. Because yeah. if there's a love for Christ and his word, then there's going to be a love for people because that's what Christ loves is people. And so awesome. as I, as I follow what the Lord has given me, then I'm going to have a hunger and an appetite to give that to others. You know, I kind of relate that even in personal evangelism to coffee. You know, I love coffee. And so, because I love coffee amen. and I even branch out, amen then I want others to know. And so, you know, nobody has to, nobody has to force me or make me convince other people that coffee is good for them. I practice it. I try to invest that in other people it. and they write. Absolutely. And so, you know, whether it's a hobby or whether it's something that a person loves to do, the appetite is, is gained. And then you just, it just blossoms. It just grows naturally. I think if it's, if it's in there. That's good. Okay. I appreciate that. So often that program or that structured piece of discipleship, what, what many of us would call discipleship, if we were talking about it in our church, right, this has happened. It's, it's the starting place as we get people to a spot where they have maybe graduated from that mm -hmm. program. What we're hoping then is that the, that the desire to love Jesus would have grown that the desire to reach others has grown, that the desire to spend time with other believers and be helped and edified one with another would have grown. And that all of that's still going to be discipleship, but maybe it's not quite as organized or as structured later. You know, and we see that even, even you know, here at Southwest and even in the students, Paul said it really this way. You know, as there as ye have therefore received Christ Jesus and the Lord, walk ye in him. Yes. And then he said, root, rooted and built up in him, established in the faith, as ye have been taught. And then he says this, abounding therein wow. with thanksgiving. So, yes. yeah. so I think Paul, Paul kind of encapsulates again, you know, what Christ has done in me. It's a blessing. I'm going to be thankful for that, but I'm right. not going to hold it to myself. I'm going to want to give it to somebody else. So, well, Brother Perkle, we touched on it 
just briefly, the, uh, the book that you wrote, the discipleship course through the book of First Thessalonians, and uh, I actually intended to have that, a copy of that, because we have that here at the church, but my wife is taking a lady through that currently. Uh, they're oh, working wonderful. through that together. And so my copy's at home. Amen. <laughs> so so <laughs> I, I, I don't have that with me to reference this morning, but it, it's a, a course through the, the book of First Thessalonians. Can you, can you maybe just fill us in? Let's talk about that for a minute. Why did you decide to uh, write this discipleship book or, or course on in an expository fashion through through a book of the Bible? Because that's that's different than than other sure. courses that I've seen. Great question. Of course, you know, pastor's desire obviously um, has really been to see people discipled, grounded, mm-hmm. established in the truth. Mm-hmm. And so obviously we believe very strongly in expository preaching. We we believe that that's mm-hmm. the best way to grow, grow a person, grow a family, grow a marriage. And so if that's the case, why would we want to take somebody through a topical series of lessons yeah, yeah. and then and then teach them oh but you need to you need to listen to you know expository preaching and yes. you need to read the word of god the way that it is and so right. so there had to be a shift there in our mind and yeah. our mindset and even training new believers uh, just to keep them on that way and yeah. it it really kind of uh, grew from this concept of pastor and i both are big st louis cardinals fans and and obviously okay. the Cardinals, their program really started what we see now in many of the, the baseball clubs is that they started working with children at a very young age and right. teaching them what they wanted them to have when they got to be able to become a Cardinal. And they were already ready. They already knew the program. They already knew uh, the style. They already knew the coaching skill set. And so why not translate that to what we do biblically? Okay, And so thus the reason that we would go with an expository form of discipleship. And then if you think about this, if discipleship is biblical, then there must be a biblical example. Mm-hmm. So that created a, a question in my mind. Okay, where in the Bible do where, we see biblical yeah. discipleship taking place? Well, instantly, you know, Thessalonians came to my mind and I thought, this is this is it. You know, Paul. Paul is is uh, dealing with these new young believers here and basically takes them through just yes. step by step by step what he would expect of them. Now, it was different because Paul was not there with them. Right. But, you know, Paul said, I I'm taken from you. But he said, not in heart. I, I love that that passage yeah. there in chapter two where where he says, I'm, I'm absent from you, but I'm not I'm not absent in heart. And so Paul wrote back to them and said, here's, here's how you need to face life, you know, and here's the preparation, you know, and of course, every chapter concludes with, you know, the return of Christ. And so he was always having that eternity perspective and that eternity mindset, not just what's going to happen today, but your life and what you do is affecting the return of Christ and how you should live. So again, even the title, you know, your journey, it's a journey. Sounds like a study through first Thessalonians uh, would have a would have a change and an impact on people's lives. And so oh, I appreciate it. <laughs> it, it's it, the writing of the book changed my perspective about doing ministry. And then mm-hmm. as I've used even first Thessalonians one and two, mm-hmm. um, just sharing Paul's love for people 
and how he communicates that love and how he reached people changed, I mean, changed me, you know, and, and the class I had the guys memorize chapter two, one, verses one through 20, a daunting task to memorize yeah. that chapter. But the guys just, every one of them said and echoed the fact of this really affected the way that I look at people. And uh, obviously Paul was the greatest soul winner outside of Jesus Christ. He was the greatest investor in people's lives. He was the greatest church planner. So what did he have? What was it that, that he did? Uh, obviously it was a gifted man and obviously it was a blessed man of the Lord, right. but there was something in him that wanted to care for people. And so if that was in him, then the same Holy Spirit is in me that was in him. So oh, yeah. can be, can be lived out as well. So yeah, wonderful. Well, if I could just share our testimony or, or specifically my wife's testimony as she is taking this, this young single mother through this discipleship course through First Thessalonians, she is getting to experience what reading God's word should be like and how to do that through this discipleship course. She made this comment to my wife, I believe this last week, they, they met on, as they met on Wednesday, she just can't wait to get into the Bible more. It's, it's, it's stirring up this desire, this passion. And so yep. just, just one testimony that, that, that this specific course works. That sounds like, that sounds like what brother Perkle said is supposed to happen at the end <laughs> of yeah. discipleship courses is that we're supposed to end those uh, with a deeper desire to love Jesus and uh, to be, I, I yeah. mean, that that's, that's what we said was supposed to happen. Right. Well, yeah. and, and you think of yeah. uh, how does this work with other courses, the topical ones? And <clears throat> don't get me wrong. We, we use those. There's, we have used those sure. a lot and have used them effectively. Mm -hmm. I just think it'd be worth pointing out just to say that there's a, there's some benefit sometimes to a systematic approach that comes through, like, mm -hmm. let's talk about baptism or let's talk about giving and Absolutely. let's talk about church membership. We're not going to find a place in the Bible where each of those is addressed in a way that would be helpful for a new Christian right. systematic. Right. Right. And so it's helpful for somebody to have already done the study and then present it to somebody maybe in yes. a new believer spot. Mm -hmm. But there's also benefit. I, I guess that's what I think what we're trying to say is it's not as if we're saying that some, somebody else's program or somebody else's thing, that's all bad. That's not what the right, goal right, is. Right. But that there's at least this other resource that would be helpful, and here's why we sure. think that might be yes appropriate. I guess I, I wanted to make sure that we were clear there. We're not saying everything absolutely else is bad. Yeah. yeah yeah yeah. We we use them. We we do. We we use other discipleship courses, but typically how it, it feels yes. is here's some material. Okay, now let's tack on some Bible reading as an assignment. Right. Yes. Sort of thing absolutely. at the end, and when when you're done, it's mm -hmm. okay. Now go read your Bible. And that's how you continue. Mm -hmm. But this is, I mean, it's integrated. It's part of the, the courses. Right. We're reading this book of the Bible together, yeah. basically. Right. right. And so that, that has yeah. been a strength that I've seen of the yeah. specific course. So that's wonderful. It's working well there. Well, what are maybe some, as we're taking somebody through a discipleship course, whether it would be the study through first Thessalonians, brother Perkle, or, or maybe some other even discipleship course, what are some tips or some just, you know, rubber meets the road level, practical tips that, that maybe we could share with listeners for taking somebody through discipleship or, or discipling someone? What, what are some tips? It's a good question. Um, in the uh, class, one of the classes that I teach, obviously, I ask the students 
what did you need when you first got saved? Think back in your life and what were the things that were necessary for your growth? What are some things that you lacked or that you didn't get? And so think about those things. First of all, when you start to meet with somebody, say this would have been helpful. I do the same thing with Cody parenting. I I, I say, you know, (laughs) I wish somebody would have taught me this, you know, when I became a parent, or I wish that I would have known that, or I wish I'd have had this in my life. And so I can take that and really capitalize in his life. He's, he's starting really at a, at a higher level, I I would say than what I did, which just, which really should be the case. You know, if people are growing in the Lord, then I should be able to take all things whatsoever I have been taught and yeah. give them back to him so that he doesn't have to reinvent the wheel, if, if we can say it that way in Christianity. So I think that Christ wants there to be a Paul. He wants there to be a Timothy. He wants there to be a Titus. Well, does that mean Titus and Timothy were less than Paul? Well, no, they gained from the resources that Paul had and thus became even more effective. I think Christ said it to the disciples this way, that you're going to go on and do greater works than even I did. Mm. So part of that is, is the work of discipleship in a person's yeah. life. And so, and I think that too, that knowing where a person is, you know, d- you know, people okay. are at different levels, obviously, especially in our culture, I think we're seeing a really a decline, you know, in our society right now, there's more unchurched people than, than there has been in the last 60 years. In fact, I just, I just read a Gallup poll study and said if unchurched Americans uh, were their own nation, we would be the eighth largest nation wow. on the earth. Wow. So we're dealing with people that wow. don't have what we had growing up. You know, and Thomas, you talked about your growth and as a child and all those things, but we're dealing with with maybe a Thomas today that didn't grow up in church and didn't have Sunday school and didn't have godly parents that didn't, you know, wasn't raised in church. And so as a discipler, I need to know, okay, where is this person? Yeah. So it's really taking the time. And and again, here's where the difficulty of discipleship takes place is I'm going to have to take hours with a person, not just minutes, but hours and weeks and months uh, to get them to a place where they need to be. Yeah. Um, I just had a new convert the other day that came to one of our prayer meetings. You know, naturally you're thinking, okay, this guy knows how to pray. But, yeah. you know, when we sat down to mm-hmm. pray together, you know, I asked him, I said, where are you at? And he says, well, I can't do this. You know, I'm not ready right. for this yet. Right. And so yeah. I said, well, I'm going to pray. And, and so even, even just sitting there and taking some time and praying and showing him how to pray, yeah. well, that's discipleship. Without sure, it's not a course. I didn't, yeah. I didn't pull out a, an outline and say, okay, here's <laughs> how you pray. You know? right. But yeah. just me taking the time to love him and care for him and saying, right. I want to do this with you. I'm not going to go over here with, and pray with a Jeff Copes, or I'm not going to go over here and pray with another staff member. Um, so good. but I am, I am going to take time with you and invest in you and teach you how to pray. So I, I think a lot of it is number one, understanding what our responsibility is, yes. but then trying to get in their shoes and know what, good. what do they need? Mm-hmm. What is going to be most helpful to them at this point? Yes. And I find this even in discipleship, you know, obviously we have 10 lessons in the book, mm-hmm. but there may be times that I need to stop and deal with some things that were hit on in the book that maybe were hit on lightly, but this man may be dealing with this in a great way. So let's take two weeks and talk about whatever, whatever the case would be. So, so I'm not punching a clock when it comes to discipleship. 
I think this in this conversation, we've it's been mentioned a couple of different times, Brother Perkle, just that discipleship, this kind of work is about people. And I know we can make jokes about it or people talk talk about the fact that if it wasn't for people, this this would be a great, a great job, right? <laughs> Those kind of things, right? People would be funny about that. But the the truth yeah. is that it's easy to get sidetracked about the fact that my job as a minister of the gospel is less about the yard that I had to upkeep or the Mm -hmm. vacuum that I needed to run or or the administration side of church ministry, right? Like I, Mm -hmm. I, I need to do all those things when it's time or whatever, but my real, like the real job is about connecting people to Jesus Christ. And yes, I can get distracted about that. I can be other things. Oh, sure. The, and the truth is, is that I can begin to feel like that the people are getting in the way of the real job when the people are the real job. Yeah, right? yeah, there you go. That's a good way of saying it. Right, right. No, that's, uh, you're exactly right. That That's the temptation of life, I think, is to, is to treat people as an interruption. Yeah. We as staff members, you as staff men, you know, I've got a certain amount of things that have to be done each and every week. You know, whatever those things are on your list, they have to be done and they have to get accomplished. Yep. And so then a phone call comes and then the secretary says, this is such and such person. And you're thinking this conversation is going to take a little bit more time than what I have right now. And that means I'm going to have to push back this responsibility. And this responsibility is now going to be pushed back into the time that I had this leveled out. And so we're tempted to think this is an interruption to my life and this is an interruption to my schedule. And uh, we took a whole class period and just talked about the fact that the two most important things that God has given us, number one, Paul was entrusted with the gospel and Paul said, even so we speak. So the gospel was given, but then Paul said it this way also that his gospel was shared with people. So God gives us the gospel. God gives us people, the two most important things on this earth that you and I have. So guess what's not on that list? Staff responsibilities. Right. (laughs) And so it's people and the gospel that we've been given to. And so at the end of chapter two, Paul basically said it this way. You are our joy and glory. Well, he was talking about people. He wasn't talking about ministry. He wasn't even talking about the, the fact of, of living out life on staff or pastoring yeah. a church. He said, you, uh, you are That's what, uh, you know, you're the crown of rejoicing in our yeah. life. And so, wow. so yeah, we have to fight that constant tendency to treat people as an interruption. Again, going back to children, you know, there's things as parents that you have to accomplish. You have to go to work. You have to provide yeah. food. You have to take yeah. care of your home. You have to mow your yard. Um, and if you're not careful, your children you, can be treated as an interruption. But my job is to be an agent of God to help them to become a mature yeah, servant nice. of the Lord that would go on and do this the very same thing. Yeah, so true. Well, if I've, if I've treated them as an interruption, then that process is not going to take place. If I treat a church member as an interruption, that process is not going to take place. If Paul would have treated the Thessalonians as an interruption, we wouldn't have the book of Thessalonians. We wouldn't have, you know, the very example that Paul has given to us. So I think even Paul references himself as a, as a father to them or as a, as a nurse, as a mother and just a very nurturing family Mm -hmm. oriented 
type of ministry there. That's good. Well, Brother Perkle, as we're wrapping this conversation about discipleship up, and I've enjoyed this, I want to keep going. Helpful. But thank you. Maybe you could share with us just one last piece of advice that uh, that would help us when we are attempting to raise spiritual parents as we're trying to mm-hmm. disciple people. Well, I think it. Uh, I kind of hit on it earlier, but just really parenting a a spiritual believer the way that that Christ parents us. Mm-hmm. Um, God is constantly at work in my life and he never, he's persistent and he never gives up on me. And he, I just think he's, he's passionate about me. You know, when I wake up in the morning, here's the thought, Christ is passionately at work in my life. Well, if, if he is doing that for me and I need it and I benefit from it and I'm oh, growing yeah. through it, then my fellow brother in Christ needs the very same thing. Yes. And so, so I, I'm to do that with others. So I, I really think that that's the greatest advice that I could give to somebody is just to love people the way that, that Christ loves you and, and you're benefiting from his, his fatherhood. Well, then you be that kind of father to that person as well. And then understand this, that there's going to be some messy times. Yeah. <laughs> sure. You have, you have children. Uh, they're going to break things. They're going to stumble over things. They're going to mess up. They're going to they're going to not want to eat, and they're going to want to eat when it's not time to eat. They're going to want to play when it's not time to play, yeah. and so don't get frustrated. You know. So I think secondly, just don't get frustrated with people uh, because they're they're babies. You know, I don't I don't mean that in a derogatory way. That's I mean that in a loving way. We love babies, but babies spit up on us, and babies throw up, and babies have temperatures, and babies. You know, weird things happen to babies. You know, they fall and, and break break an arm, and you know, but but we love them. We don't love the diapers, but we love them. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. But Perkle, thank you for the time that you spent with us yes, today. I, I think this is going to be helpful. Absolutely. Thank you, Brother Perkle. Thank you all very much. God bless you. Thank you so much for joining us today on Not the Pastor. We definitely want you to check out that book from Brother David Perkle, Starting Your Journey with Christ, Discipleship from First Thessalonians. You can find a link to Amazon where you can purchase that in our show notes. You're also invited to join us on our Facebook page, facebook.com backslash not the pastor. And finally, we ask that you would rate and review this podcast on iTunes. Rating and leaving reviews is probably the easiest way for you to show support to this podcast. And we look forward to next week. And until then, we are not the pastor.